Welcome to your worst nightmare. There is no escape. <laughs> there is nowhere to hide. <laughs> you are in my control now. <laughs> Welcome to hell. Welcome to hell, everybody. It's your boy, Walter Doom, back for another episode of Let's Talk About Horror, the horror podcast where I talk about anything and everything related to the genre. And I am back. I have been gone for a while, but I am not short of talking about some things. You know, um, I like to recap a little bit on last episode where if you guys have not listened to it yet, we had the world of doom, me and Megan's world talking about the movie bad hair so yeah definitely check that episode out it's definitely worth listening to we talk about the representation of hair in the black community and just how it literally affects like just the community itself and how like supporting your natural hair or your natural curls and kinks and whatever is a lot more better than just giving praise to that prosthetic weaves and European hairstyle that everybody going crazy about not to say that that's bad but let's all appreciate all hair all hair matters but anyway if you guys are not following me on social media them social medias are Walter Doom on Instagram Walter Doom one on Twitter and Walter Doom on everything else that involves streaming platforms and today we have a very exciting episode for those that really like to watch those Blumhouse films in the Into the Dark series, I am going to give my ranking for the Into the Dark series season finale of Blood Moon. So definitely go ahead and check that out. So yeah, go ahead, get your popcorn, get your drink, do whatever you need to do, and we will take a quick break. So like I usually say, what you don't say in a horror movie, I'll be right back. Hulu's Into the Dark series ended its second season with the spring full moon horror, Blood Moon. Blood Moon focuses on main character Esme, played by Magdalene Echiwuguake. I'm sorry, I am going to butcher names, by the way. <laughs> so bear with me, people. As she tries to protect her son's Luna, played by Jonas Kibrev, secret where every full moon he turns into a bloodthirsty werewolf. The driving narrative of this film is the difficulties of parenthood. In the film, Esme and Luna settle in another small town under a new identity. This is caused by Luna, who murders anyone and anything whenever he is in wolf form. Esme takes a job at a local bar where she is constantly, quote unquote, sexually harassed in the first 30 minutes of the film. All right, I want to take a minute to talk about um, just a little bit about this movie and about like the situation I'm setting up here. Um, so in this movie, we're following these two characters. They're moving from town to town because the son obviously is a werewolf stated before. Um, but how he became a werewolf is because Esme had a relationship with a guy who also was from another small town 
um he is a werewolf also he didn't really let esme know so and it makes me kind of wonder too because obviously they were together for a while um he got her pregnant but it seemed like the way the movie was narrating this film is it seemed like they were living together but later on in the film when she actually becomes pregnant he tells her that he's a werewolf that he has a secret now maybe what happened is is that when she was stranded in a small town she was with this guy for like who knows we'll say like like a month I was gonna say two or three weeks maybe two or three weeks to a month they got together they hooked up and he got her pregnant she didn't know that he turns into a werewolf like in a certain amount of time he let her know yeah now they have a kid that is possibly well that's possibly a werewolf well it wasn't a possibly he is a werewolf um just to set that up to kind of like understand what's going on in the story another thing in this film as you guys know a lot of blumhouse's films for this series tends to focus a lot on toxic masculinity and this movie is no stranger to it and i'm gonna touch bases on that a little bit later on but in the first 30 minutes of this film we're pretty much bombarded with like questionable sexual harassment by a lot of like um men in this film which in a way is kind of weird because of the setting of this film which i will touch base on a little bit later on so this harassment develops into an adversarial relationship between Esme and the local sheriff. But harassment is not the main plot of this film, like I stated earlier. The audience is seduced into sympathizing with Esme's difficulty with parenthood, where she is learning how to balance Luna's secret and letting him live life like a normal kid. What I like about this film is the story of how Esme is trying to protect her son. This story is comparable to season one's 2019 Mother's Day horror, All That We Destroyed. In the aforementioned sci-fi horror film, Victoria, who is played by Samantha Mathis, is a geneticist who develops a machine that regenerates human life. An experiment in which later the subject, Ashley, who is played by Aurora Perrineau, unintentionally starts regaining her old memories. This process was used to help the main story's son, Spencer, who's played by Israel Broussard, cure his insatiable desire for murdering his victims. Unfortunately for Victoria, by the end of the film, Spencer is murdered by Ashley in self-defense. Then his body is regenerated in a desperate effort to hit restart on raising her son. Blood Moon has a similar premise to All That We Destroy, where Esme's protective, unconditional love for her son, Luna, is parallel to Victoria's love for Spencer. Like a diligent mother, Esme marks down each full moon day and takes the day off from work to make sure she has some level of control of the situation. Before Luna becomes a wolf, Esme tries to hunt down livestock like cows for Luna to eat when he transforms. This movie plays the full moon days well because it establishes a rule that can't be broken but eventually is when Luna decides to sneak off to a birthday party while Esme is at work. The consequence of this rule is Luna is transforming 
miles away from home, then runs away to rampage a farm. Now, let me kind of touch base a little bit on this. So I had to look up like full moon days, like when, how many times a full moon happens within a month? Because as we go along this story, we're going through like several months where Luna is pretty much turning into this wolf as well as Esme trying to maintain a secret. Now she kind of does this with the house that she live living in because it plays off very well because she tends to, well, she ends up building like this barricade, which kind of keeps Luna trapped in there. So whenever he turns into a werewolf, he pretty much is stuck in there. You know, he can't really break out of it. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a lot of trial and error where she was trying to figure out how to keep this kid trapped. Um, another thing that was interesting about this um, little segment um, is that there is a constant battle between Luna and Esme as far as like what Luna really wants to do. Now, Luna, he wants to live like a normal kid, just like any other kid, honestly, for like the aforementioned movie that I used before, All That We Destroyed, Spencer who is like the main protagonist, no, not protagonist, but the main antagonist in the film. He wants to live a normal life to where like he could go to school, where he could date girls, have friends. But the only problem is that Spencer has a problem with killing. And with Victoria, she doesn't know how to trust him. And I and I use all that we destroyed um, as an example because I feel like it's probably the best example to kind of compare maybe not a very popular example for people to see but if you guys have been keeping up with the into the dark series i mean you you guys probably know this film already but for you guys that don't know it definitely check it out it's definitely worth watching um probably one of my top well i mean it's only 12 films i'm not sure if it's top five there's like five films i would say like that are worth watching and i don't remember on the top of my head where all that we destroyed landed on my list as far as like one through 12 but it's definitely worth watching now going back to circling back a little bit to when i was talking about the full moon days now here's here's the thing i had to look it up i had to google that shit that's what google is made for you know so before i even jumped on this podcast and start talking my head off um i had to look up and see how many days does it take for a full moon to come in and what i found out it took it takes approximately i don't know why i can't talk today by the way it takes approximately 29.53 days for there to be another full moon within a month of each other so she's marking down these full moon days on the calendar now here's the thing because i know she kind of like goes into like a certain day where she's like well i need to take the 21st i believe off if i can remember the movie um she usually says like she needs to take that day off because that's usually the day luna usually transforms now for me i'm thinking like well if there's a full moon every month wouldn't the days change wouldn't the full moon days change a little bit slightly it wouldn't be relatively the same day because keep in mind 
we're dealing with like different months so we're dealing with like you know say like between january to march you know february only has 28 days sometimes 29 depending on if it's a leap year or not so that would kind of push the 29 days over a little bit what i noticed from the film because they were going into like different months i noticed that they did kind of like change the full moon day because um it did not lie on the same 21st day like you would think it would because she asked for that day off um but it was actually landing on a different day so um as much as i was thinking like okay well this doesn't make sense because wouldn't the days change eventually wouldn't it not be on the 21st maybe it'll be on like the 20th maybe it'll be on the 25th depending on how much push that is going on with the full moon i don't know i just thought like it was very interesting that they used the this kind of day to kind of like make it a bit interesting like yo on this day we got to make sure you're locked up and you're not anywhere outside running amok and i got to make sure that i'm inside the house making sure that i could control this situation and just in case if you lose your mind you know i gotta put you down and the movie does touch base on it because literally like it's literally a heartfelt and i'm using literally I, if you guys know me i like to use that word way too much <laughs> especially if you listen to me for a while you guys know i use that word way too much but um it's a heartfelt movie you know i mean it's like as much as you're sitting there like damn i want luna to like live a life as a normal kid at the same time, you're understanding Esme's role in this where she's like, yo, I got to keep this kid safe. I don't know if I could trust this kid to go out on his own and be safe and come back home. I'm worried like if he gets too out of control, maybe someone will probably kill him. Um, we all got to think about that time and we've all had parents, you know, um, some good some bad some have more traumatizing experience than others i mean we all don't grow up the same way i mean we all come from different households but one thing we all do have in common is you remember that first time when you tried to convince your parent about how you wanted to do something and you needed their blessing and I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys have dealt with like something similar to this, whether it's like learning how to drive, um, whether it's dating somebody, you know, sometimes, you know, parents aren't too fond about like when their child dates or starts dating. I mean, I know for me personally, I mean, not that it's happened to me, but I know others where parents weren't okay with like their child dating, you know? Um, it's happened to friends, it's happened to like, um, within my own day job and what have you, when it comes to dating and that could be kind of like a slippery slope depending on the age. I mean, it's like for me personally, if I have a kid because I don't have any kids right now, would I want my 10 year old dating somebody? <laughs> no, <laughs> boy or girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> they can develop a crush which is normal i mean developing crushes is normal i mean i develop a crush on 
girls when I was like, I want to say six years old, because I remember being in kindergarten and there was this girl that was in my kindergarten class. I can't remember her name, but I remember what she looked like, because when I was a kid, you know, I, I, of course, you had a, you had a crush on her, <laughs> you know. But anyway, story is, is that this is kindergarten Walter Doom, by the way kindergartner so i was little doom <laughs> little doom in kindergarten developing a crush didn't know what what to do with this crush so all i did was just like pretty much like looked at the girl all day you know and just like simped my way <laughs> and i and i'm i'm telling you right now like when you're young like you don't know what you're doing like it's just all simping and all that i remember what i liked about the girl you know she was a dark-skinned girl with like little braids in her hair like little big um braids you know how like parents they kind of braid your hair and sometimes it's not like a good braid or anything like that it was just literally like one of those simple braids that they put in the hair for the day with the little barrettes and shit like that um but yeah six-year-old me is just sitting there like oh my god i like that little ratchet shit you know without even knowing what that ratchet shit is you know (laughs) but yeah just saying like you know dating definitely a slippery slope um if i have a kid what age will be appropriate for a kid today i mean i would say like high school really because um you gotta like have that trust honestly you know you gotta have that trust for your kid you gotta start like developing that instinct as a parent like yo so you know we're going to let you get this opportunity, you know, date this person. We're going to trust you. And it's all about also building that trust. The main point about the, you know, having your kid date is literally just saying, build that trust, build that trust, build that communication. And just like in the movie with um, Esme and Luna, that's what I felt like this was all about when Luna wants to go to school or you know play with the other kids and Esme is saying no 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 Luna is kind of like almost resenting his mom and it's building that whole psychological factor where he's just like well you won't trust me to do anything and this is where we come to the point of he actually sneaks out which I was mentioning earlier he sneaks out to go to this party because when the townspeople, his name is Miguel, he owns like a shop, he becomes friends with Esme. He's like the only character in this movie that doesn't sexualize or seem like he's trying to fuck the mom and all that. But he's actually trying to help her and help the son too because he knows what it was like to be raised in a single parent household. Um, so Luna ends up sneaking out when Esme ends up having to work a shift on a day where Luna is going to transform. And this is what got me going a little bit in this movie because he sneaks out and as he's at this party, he's literally kind of transforming and you're sitting there looking at this dude like, oh, is he about to fuck this whole party up? (laughs) I'm sitting there waiting. I'm waiting for some straight up American werewolf in London or Paris type shit, you know? Like, is this dude about to fuck up everybody like ginger snaps or anything like that? Like, yo, this is about to get 
insane. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, he ends up not doing that because Esme comes in just in time because she knew he was going to go to that party. Now, here's my thing. When I was looking at this film, and this is probably like one knock that I have against it, is when Esme picks him up, she's driving him back home, but he transforms while in the car. Now, I'm wondering, like, how far is this fucking house, you know? Because it was daytime when she got him. It wasn't getting close to nighttime. It was getting close. It was still daytime. It was, like, sun's out, everything, bright and early. So I would say, like, it was, like, the afternoon when she got him, like, maybe, like, 1, 2 o'clock in the, in the afternoon. When they're driving back home and they're and she's trying to get him back to the house, Literally, the sun is going down and it's getting close to nighttime. And it's like literally looking like it's about like four, five o'clock. And, and I'm assuming this is like in, I want to say, I want to say like in the fall. But you know what? I'm going to have to take back what I said because there was a there was a calendar that was shown before this scene. No, actually, no, no. I'm sorry. I take that back. It, there wasn't a calendar that was shown. So going back, so it was like maybe like around, I want to say March. So, or if it was in March, it was like April and, you know, April is daylight savings time. So even then, it's like maybe seven, eight o'clock, I want to say. Even around that time, you know, it's getting dark late. But anyway, point being is, how far? long does it fucking take them to get to this house you know like how like if it takes them this long to get to the house how the fuck did this kid get to the party and how long did it take him to get there by himself because this kid is probably like no older than like 10 honestly 10 or 11 maybe maybe 11 you know he's no older than 11 he has to be like between the ages of 8 to 11 honestly just going by like his height and what have you um but I'm just wondering like how the fuck did this kid get <laughs> to this party with no issues it's like it's like kind of like child's play if you guys ever watched child's play before I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys have I'm not gonna act like you guys haven't watched it before but if you guys watch child's play remember that scene with Andy and how he kind of like left school with Chucky and he went to go see um I forget that dude's name but it was the first guy that Chucky killed because the dude kind of like dimed him out and kind of went hiding for his own reason and actually he didn't even dime Chucky out actually he left Chucky at the fucking toy store that's what happened so Andy and Chucky, they're taking like the train, they're taking the bus, and keep in mind, Andy is like probably like seven, you know? So, it's this little kid in the rough streets of Chicago taking the train, the bus, public transportation to this area that's like super sketchy, by the way, that's probably filled with like homeless people and crack needles everywhere. So, it's like, how the fuck did everybody just see this kid walking around with this doll, talking to this doll and making jokes with it 
and doing nothing about it. That's fucking weird to me, by the way. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck they got away with this shit, but either way, that that was some weird ass shit. But um, that's how that moment in Blood Moon felt. It felt like Andy when he was like in the fucking train and everybody just let this kid do whatever he want because movie got a movie and it was just nothing done and he goes there to this little fucked up house and whatever puts Chucky down Chucky does his thing this kid takes a leak and whatever and all he does is look for Chucky and it was also weird because the guy who was very trigger finger happy you know he didn't shoot the little small human thank god because that would have been awful to see on on film um he ends up stop shooting around when he sees Andy and is just letting his guard down until he gets killed by Chucky from like I guess a gas that he left open on the stove and what have you weird way to die but still one of those kills that you remember if you've seen this movie so many times which I have but anyway one of the negatives of the film which is the same problem with most into the dark films is the element of toxic masculinity although there were some good films that delved into this topic like treehouse down all that we destroyed the subject becomes exhausting when it's frequently and clunkily used blood moon is not exempt from the latter as it uses esme as the romantic slash sexual focal point in a town where women seem non-existent. Where were the fucking women? <laughs> I gotta say, this was so weird to me. If you guys watch this movie, pay attention to the background settings. Where the fuck is the women? It's like the studio literally just purposely paid to have only men in this film. It's like, where were the women at? So it's like, it's almost like um, if you guys seen Trade of Basan Peninsula, I had that same thought when I was looking at that film. And I was like, yo, where are the women at? Why is there so many dudes in this shit? Like, but it made sense almost. Like, in that in the movie Peninsula, it seems like all the women probably either got killed, they left, they got turned into a zombie. And now it's like, you know, all the men, they're just with each other, you know, and depending on how much you're succumbing to the or succumbing to the environment, you know, maybe you're looking at that one dude that you used to go hunting with and just be like, well, you know what? Brad is looking kind of good right now. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I, I I really do wonder, like, how did they get their sexual rocks off? Because they're stranded in this fucking peninsula for, like, four years. Now, I'm pretty sure there was some zombie banging. <laughs> I'm sure there was some zombie banging. And I'm pretty sure that's, like, half, half of how, like, some people turn into a zombie. I'm pretty sure somebody was, like, Hey, look at that female zombie over there. You know, she's looking really good right now. You know, I wouldn't mind that. (laughs) (laughs) All you see is this 
this female zombie just with like blood just curdling out of her mouth and just like her bad teeth and bad odors and everything and you just see this normal guy like you're the normal guy imagine yourself as the normal guy quote unquote i should say because there's no such thing as normal but just imagine yourself as like just a normal guy running around the peninsula you're sitting there hunting down zombies all of a sudden you see like this zombie big titties fat ass and you're just sitting there like you know what i wouldn't mind banging that zombie right now <laughs> i'm just saying like some guys needs need to be met and probably there were some women too who probably fucked up and was like you know what i will do mandingo right now <laughs> oh my god but uh yeah i'm telling you right now there was plenty of zombie begging and it's probably like why two not not two thirds but probably like one third of the population got turned into zombies honestly (laughs) i'm just saying (laughs) let's not rule that out but um yeah but like i was saying in peninsula besides the zombie banging if these guys weren't banging zombies they were banging each other and again there's nothing wrong with that honestly you know if if that is your preference if that is your sexuality by all means go ahead and do that you know if you guy you like that penis hey go get that penis dog go get it you know (laughs) do your thing you know if, if you're a woman you know that likes vagina go ahead go ahead and get that vagina girl go get that cat make her squirt you know <laughs> all right maybe i should put a a, a parental warning <laughs> hey producer doom is it okay for me to say squirt uh yeah producer doom is giving me like the the nod of like um dude don't mention squirting anymore on this shit <laughs> but Coming back to um, Blood Moon, yeah, there was just way too much um, men in this town that was just too eerie of like the Michael Jackson make the way you make me feel video. If you guys ever watched that video before, um, I don't know if I'm going to put it up or not, but this is something me and Megan's World talked about on World of Doom. It's kind of an outtake, actually. I might do outtakes for World of Doom one day, <laughs> but it's so creepy if you think about it it's like this girl is literally in a dark alley with michael jackson and a bunch of other niggas surrounding her and it's like this dude is chasing her around there talking about the way you make me feel it like he's just gyrating his crotch in front of her and just telling them telling her about how much she turns him on and she's just like walking and running and laughing and playing. And it, it's almost eerie <laughs> in a way. But it's like, yo, in real life, that's that got to be the scariest shit for any woman, yo. <laughs> like, and it's not to make a joke out of it. It's not really funny at all. But that has got to be the eeriest shit ever, honestly. Especially when it's being displayed into a music video. But anyway, this was very eerie to see. And, you know, Esme, she's using, like, all her powers to be of 
distance to kind of like keep away from these guys. You know, she gets in contact with the owner, Sam, who just all of a sudden for no reason or the other just hits on her talking about like, well, if you're looking for a husband and it's like, nigga, you just met her in like two seconds. What are you talking about? (laughs) You know, like you're already talking about marrying this shit. You don't even know what her life is like. Then you got the sheriff. You know, he's talking about like, hey, baby, I want to go 12 rounds with you. Bing, bing. You know, <laughs> he didn't make the bing, bing noise. That's just me putting add-ons. But, um, yeah, it was kind of weird to see this. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, why is this in the film? Like, what is this supposed to build on? And to me, I just wonder, like, why are they trying to build to attention? Like, this is my first time watching this, by the way, that I'm thinking about this. All of this, actually. I'm thinking, okay, are they building to another narrative about toxic masculinity? But what they're trying to do is put toxic masculinity to kind of build some type of narrative in a story to where, like, it builds tension between between Esme and the sheriff. Which, I mean, to be honest, I felt like they could have did it a different way. They didn't have to make it to where, like, the sheriff was sexually harassing her. I mean, they could have did something like, hey, she doesn't like the police. I mean, we're in a climate where, like, police are definitely being scrutinized for their behaviors and their actions, especially against um, minorities like black people and Hispanics. And, you know, they could kind of, like, took that narrative and put it in that film instead of just sitting there, like, this whole, hey, baby, I want to fuck you all night till the sun comes up. And she's sitting there like, well, I want to slit your throat and all that. You know, it, it... just literally it literally loses me a little bit where i'm just like did we really need this in the story because i feel like the into the dark series spends so much time focusing on toxic masculinity it's it's almost unnecessary in a way so i just feel like they could have took that whole story dialogue between those two in a different direction instead of going with what they went with I mean, because now it just seemed like throughout the whole story, he's just mad because she turned him down. And he's just like, well, you know what, bitch? I'm going to get back at you. Like, it's literally coming off as that. You're only getting mad at her because she turned you down. But you literally was just like, yeah, baby, I'll fuck the shit out of that little pussy of yours. But, and she just was like, no, I'm going to cut your dick off if you try and touch this. (laughs) And you're just like, what, bitch? I'll, I'll arrest you for anything. I'll arrest you for littering. Like, like what the fuck are we doing? Come on, bro. <laughs> but anyway, whether it's used to build tension between Esme and the men of the town, I felt the Blumhouse installment's feet are stuck in the mud with this topic. In addition, what are we, the audience, supposed to sympathize with or fear? Are we supposed to fear a possible yet non-existent sexual assault because Esme is the only woman in this predominantly male town? Or are we supposed to fear the town possibly murdering our kid like he's Frankenstein's monster? In the end, Blood Moon is a heartfelt horror movie about making the hard decisions of parenthood. This film is relevant for those parents that face challenges every day with their child whether it's them wanting to date some kid from from their school, 
going to the right college that will support their career goals, or learning how to drive on their own. Even though not in the extreme of this film, you can sympathize with Esme's struggle with Luna. Although I did enjoy this film, this film finishes ninth for me on the ranking scale with a score of 2.5. Alright, so... <clears throat> It pretty much in closing, like, even though this film is good, as I like the messaging, honestly, but as far as, like, a story itself, it does get kind of like, well, why did that happen? <laughs> that, 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 that shit doesn't make sense to me. I guess I'm going to kind of take a break right now. <laughs> Awkward way to take a break, you know that? <laughs> but once again, like you shouldn't say in a scary movie, I'll be right back. And we are back and now welcome back to the Slasher Corner. And as you guys know, I'm usually like suggesting you guys a movie that's a slasher film. And for this Slasher Corner film is The Jersey Shore Massacre on Tubi. So if you guys ever watched The Jersey Shore or have been annoyed by it before, this is definitely a movie that you want to get your drink on, get your smoke on. And just sit there and laugh at these people as they get hacked off. Um, Not to mention, like, if you're somebody that's into just the tropes of a usual slasher film, i.e. tits and violence, this is the movie for you. Because this is definitely a movie for me. (laughs) I'm just saying, like... When it comes to nights where, like, I don't want to sit there and analyze a movie, I want to watch a film that has so much tits and so much violence. You know, it it balances out my night. (laughs) I'm just saying, I mean, I can't be the only one that's just like, yeah, you know, I want to watch the movie because of some intellectual thinking. No, Dude, fuck that. I'm trying to see this girl's tits and I'm trying to see her get hacked off from having some big ass tits. (laughs) But I got to see the tits first, you know, (laughs) research purposes, you know. (laughs) But anyway, I feel I feel like some people are just going to be like, dude, this dude talks about tits too much. Nah, this is this is not cool. (laughs) But I'm just saying, like. If you're a weirdo like me have been annoyed by the Jersey Shore, which which these these characters, they play out like people from the Jer- Jersey Shore. Not to mention that this movie itself is executively produced by Jay Wow. So, you know, Jay Wow has all the intel of how these motherfuckers act, you know? Um, I'm glad, me personally, that the Jersey Shore is not a thing anymore for you Zoomers out there. I mean, this is something that I'm glad you guys didn't really get to experience because there's some things about millennial culture that we just wish that was just like, you know, stacked into like it was buried. I wish it was somewhere buried. Like, you know, like we just literally kidnapped all the cast members from the Jersey Shore. (laughs) Okay, let me stop there. Because this 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 sounds like it's about to get real gruesome and violent, but I I really don't mean any of it, <laughs> honestly. 
Yeah, I, I can't believe we were just exposed to this. And I'm pretty sure there's some people out there that really love the Jersey Shore. If you love the Jersey Shore, by all means, love the Jersey Shore. I mean, if you want to say how much you love it, definitely, if you're listening to this on YouTube, definitely comment your love for the Jersey Shore because I am interested in, in hearing like what you like about it. But then again, I mean, there's a lot of people that like keeping up with the Kardashians, which I can't believe is still on. Can we get a horror movie that kind of talks about keeping up with the Kardashians, you know, and turn Scott Disick or Kanye West into a serial killer? I'm just saying, I, for one, am tired of keeping up with the Kardashians. I don't know how many of you guys out there are keeping up with them, but yeah, there is no point, honestly. But can we get a horror movie where just like all of them get killed, you know, like, can we, can we get Kim get run over by a car? Can we get Chloe getting her fake um, plastic surgery go wrong? Can we get like Courtney Kardashian? I don't know. Have her head explode like in the movie Scanners. <laughs> I don't know. Can we, can we get something like that? Can someone make that happen? You know? Um, can we have like Kylie Jenner's boobs just explode or just like they turn into fucking um gremlins and shit and they start popping out of her breast and they eat her head off or something like that. I'm just saying like I, I am not the biggest fan of keeping up with the Kardashians. I gotta admit I did like looking at them for a while until I found out all I'm looking at is plastic Barbie dolls and what have you. Um yeah, can we can we do something about that, you know? Or can we have Rob Kardashian? Actually, that would be the best horror film ever with keeping up the Kar- with keeping up the Kardashians. But it don't even have to be called keeping up with the Kardashians. It could be called some other bullshit. I don't know. Keeping up with the Roberts or keeping up with the Jacksons. I don't know. Whatever. And they're like parodies of like the Kardashian family, you know? Like same thing like, you know, daughter gets famous off of a porn tape you know there's a frumpy kardashian sister who gets plastic surgery now she's the bomb looking one and it's all about body positivity even though everything she did was just was just plastic surgery allegedly let's not get sued (laughs) but um yeah and i gotta admit like out of all the kardashian sisters um, when I was younger, I used to have the biggest crush on Kourtney Kardashian. I don't know. For some reason, she seemed like the most normal one, in my opinion, at at the time. Before I just found out how much of a weirdo she really was. You know? Like, I felt like she was like more like, I'm not trying to be in the limelight. I'm trying to do this mother thing. I'm trying to raise my kid. And I got a husband with a porn star name. <laughs> I'm just saying that, that if I was to be in porn right now, that would be my name, Scott Dizick. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, "Hey, you want to play with the Dizick?" <laughs> you know, okay, that's that's lame. Um, that wasn't funny at all. But, um, yeah, can we get like a movie where like it's a parody? You have all the Kardashian sisters, um. Include, including I'm um, Caitlyn and we just like have like this whole story where like the son um, Rob Kardashian but he's not going to be called Rob 
you know, it's going to be a different name, you know, like we're changing it to like Jeff. I don't know why, <laughs> but Jeff seems like a name where like, you know, he, he would get bullied for, but, um, yeah, Jeff is like that is the one Kardashian brother who is kind of like the outsider and, you know, he's kind of frumpy, whatever, whatever, you know, and actually it's, this is pre um, liposuction Rob Kardashian, you know, so we're going to have like Jeff be overweight Rob, you know, and this is like dealing with the black China situation, you know what I'm saying? So, and I'm sorry, you guys, I'm getting into this right now. So Jeff, it's like, yo, man, all my sisters make fun of me, you know. Um, um, my two moms are, like, not really caring for me like that. Um, and my wife is, like, uh, um, um, my wife is only using me for clout. So, here's what happens. He snaps. But the thing is, we don't know that he's the one snapping, you know. We learned in the end, he's the one that kills everyone, you know, like, um, you know, he kind of kills the matriarch, um, um, not Caitlin, but, um, fuck, what's her name again? Chris, Chris, he kills Chris with a fucking chainsaw, you know, he goes total Texas chainsaw massacre, or actually no, he kills them with their vices, so, um, hmm, how would Chris Jenner die? Cause we really don't, I feel like we don't know, know enough, or at least I don't know enough about her. I don't know. Somebody help me out with that later on, but e either way. So, um, you kill Kim, <laughs> which is not Kim. We killed the, the parody of Kim. I should say you kill uh, the parody of Kim Kardashian with like some type of, um, ass injections and whatever, allegedly. But, um, yeah, where it has, like, some type of poisoning that just makes her ass explode. And when you see her ass explode, you see, like, all the guts and shit that come out. You know, she just falls out and whatever. Um, like I said, you kill Chloe, the parody of Chloe. And she's like, yo, she um, dies from, like, some type of, like, plastic surgery or, like, liposuction. That sucks her out, like, thinner. Ooh, that's a good one. So it's, like thinner you know it's like a liposuction that sucks her out like thinner and um yeah she loses so much weight is that like she just like everything gets sucked out I mean come on it's a horror movie like it gets ridiculous so everything comes out and by the way this is gonna be a horror comedy it's not gonna be anything that's like you know serious like it's just like it's this funny but it's like a b-rated funny you know um you kill parody Courtney with um I don't know how would you do it though because I feel like all of them would involve like some type of plastic surgery but I don't know how much plastic surgery Courtney really has you know um and honestly the, again these are all alleged rumors and what have you um or we can go classic you know Texas chainsaw and just you know kill them all with a chainsaw but either way Parody Rob is the killer at the end of the movie, and the last one he kills. Actually, we will make Courtney the the final girl because I feel like she's very underutilized and under 
somewhat appreciated because she's not in the limelight i feel like too much at least for me she's not in the limelight too much it's always like court i'm uh, not courtney but chloe you know she kind of rised above from being like you know talked about to now beautiful and this that, and the other we all know kim we all know kylie like those are the main names and chris jenner too and caitlin like those are all the main names that we all know about which means like because of how big they are it, it comes down like a domino effect it goes from the highest kardashian down to the lowest kardashian you know what i'm saying so we go from top kardashian to the low one and i feel like the lowest one is courtney because she's not too much like a limelight person in my opinion you know maybe someone feels a bit different about that but either way you know she learns about like jeff what are you doing this and he's like well i'm tired of you and you fucking whores doing everything ah, and just like kill him off at the end and yeah this would be a horror movie where like like no one survives at least the at least the sisters don't survive and um jeff is now like playing traumatized for the public and now he becomes the sole look of like the the um I still haven't thought of a last name for these fake Kardashians, but uh, <laughs> we'll say the the Johnsons. Keeping up with the Johnsons, the Johnson family. So he's now the Johnson family name. So yeah, I mean, we just literally created a, a parody movie of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. But anyway, if you guys want to watch Jersey Shore Massacre, definitely watch it on Tubi. Other than that, I am signing out for today. If you guys want to follow me on my social medias, the social medias are Instagram, Walter Doom. Twitter, Walter Doom 1, Walter Doom on everything else that involves streaming platforms and audio. I am on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and wherever else that they put my my podcast on. So yeah, definitely check it out. Other than that, this has been another episode of Let's Talk About Horror. I am signing out for the day. This is your boy Walter Doom. This is America. Don't let him catch you slipping now. Also, also, if you guys are here at the end of the outro, let's give a few respects to a lot of people that have died right now. R.I.P. DMX, R.I.P. Black Rob, R.I.P. Shot G, R.I.P. Marky D. Thank you for justice for George Floyd. Let's take 10 seconds for an R.I.P. to those people. All right, and that is pretty much it. So this has been another episode of Let's Talk About Horror. This is America. Don't let them catch you slipping now. Stay diabolical, people. Peace.